not just resolve to love, but even more importantly, you will understand today how resolved God is to love you. And we hear it in the testimony from Michelle today, right? Um, that's what we're doing. We're, we're talking about things that we just need to resolve in our lives. That we, just, we just need to make a, a conviction in our life. And, and this is one of them, right? That, it, that if you're in the room today and, and you're a sold-out Christ follower, um, then this is what we're about. We, we just resolve to, uh, to have love. And now, you hear that, I'm sure, and you say, short sermon today. <laughs> no. Right? I mean, you say short sermon because, well, okay, got it. Easy enough. Yeah. No. On both counts, right? Not, not easy enough. I mean, what we've got to come to grips with is, is that love isn't something that comes easy for us. Love isn't something that, that, that's just inherently part of us, right? You, you'll hear some folks say, well, you know, I, I just have to learn to love myself first so then I can love others. You know what? I look at myself, there's not a lot in there to love. I mean, I look at myself, and, and I know the truth about myself. You guys don't all know everything, right? I know everything. I know the truth about myself. And there's stuff in there that, that, I, that I just don't like. There, there's stuff in there that I still carry some shame with. I, I look at myself, and I'm pretty tough to love. And if I have to wait around until I love myself... Before I can love somebody else, it's not going to happen. And the truth is, the Bible would lead us to understand that that, that whole understanding is, is just not there. Because inherent in us is not this great desire to love. The only desire we have for love inside of us, if we're absolutely, utterly bare honest with ourselves, is to love ourselves. I mean, to just be self-focused. We did it last week. We spelled the word, right? S, big I, little n. I mean, that's the distinction that Jesus tries to lead us to, to understand. This is what makes us different than the rest of the world. Because when you're not in Christ, all you're left with is your self-focus. If you're not in Christ, then love just doesn't emanate out of you. It just doesn't flow out of you. Love is an adopted attitude. It's an adopted attitude. It's something we've got to adopt into our life. It doesn't just come out naturally. If you, if you look at John 13, Jesus is talking to Christ followers, his disciples, and he says, if you love one another, everyone will know you are my disciples. Now, just think about what he just said there. If you do this, if you, in the midst of the whole world, in the sea of humanity here, if you exercise an attitude of love, then everybody's going to see that and know you're my disciples. Do you see how he assumes that that's going to make you distinct from everybody else in the world? you see that? I mean, everybody else in the world is not there. They're just not in that place. That's just because love just doesn't emanate from us naturally. Right? We're self-focused. It just doesn't flow out of us to put other people first. Jesus is teaching, listen, here's the distinction. If you get an adopted attitude of love and going in your life, if you resolve to have this adopted attitude in your life, then you're going to be different than the rest of the world. 
If we look at uh, Romans 12, Paul makes the same kind of distinction. He said, says, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, notice the phrase in there, as far as it depends on you. So if you're a Christ follower and you understand how incredibly loved you are, and you're ready to receive this resolved, adoptive attitude that says, man, I'm going to do this, I'm going to love, then that depends on you because guess what? You can't control the rest of the world and they're just not there. As far as it depends on you, this is what you can do. But, but you've got to understand, that's just not where everybody's at. That's just not something that flows naturally in the world. Let's look at it this way. Look at the world today and you tell me, which is being displayed stronger out there in the world, love or hate? Pretty obvious, isn't it? Pretty obvious. And that's not just the distinction about one country hating another country. I mean, we're talking about broad-based, which is easier to see out there in the world, love or hate. I mean, love is the human interest story they do on the news. You get one of those, how many hate stories do you get? Because that's the way it is. I mean, this is the awareness the Bible wants us to get, right? Give up all that mushy stuff that says somehow you just got to love yourself to love somebody else. No, that's not the way it works. Because it's just not in us. It doesn't flow naturally from us. It is something we have to resolve. We have to resolve because it is an adoptive attitude. What the world does is the world tries to throw substitutes in for love. And there's a whole bunch of them. I just threw up a few of them. And these should be obvious to us, right? We, we, the world just tries to throw substitutes in for love. And it says, well, listen, indulgence. If, if I just give my kids enough, if I just satisfy my kids enough, if I just give in to my kids enough, then, then they'll love me. If I just give my kids more stuff, if I just give in to what they want more often, if I stop being their parent and I just be their friend, then, then maybe they'll love me. That's not love. That's indulgence. Or we go to the next one and we say, well, we're just going to sec- we're going to compromise our, our sexual ethics. We're going to compromise our sexual ethics. And we're going to say, well, listen, if, if I just give myself physically to that person, then, then, then certainly they'll love me. If I just compromise my, my sexual ethics, even though I know the way God's designed it, and, and I just go ahead and, and live with that person, if I live with them long enough and I give myself to them enough, well, maybe then they'll, they'll love me enough to make a commitment to marriage. That's not love. Or tolerance. Tough one in our culture today. Tolerance. We say, well, listen, if I'm just tolerant, I mean, even though I see people doing things that are wrong, even though I understand people are living contrary to Christ and His desire and His will, if I'm just tolerant, if I just ignore all that stuff, then, then, then they'll just love me. That's not love. Scripture says in Romans 12, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. See, the call on our life, if you're a sold-out Christ follower, is that you express an authentic love, a genuine love. And genuine love isn't about indulgence. And genuine love respects God's order in our sexual behavior. 
And genuine love, genuine love speaks hard words lovingly. That's genuine. See, the call on our life as Christ followers is, is to have that adoptive love that only can come through Christ in us. If you look at Scripture in Romans 12, Paul says, Scripture says, If your enemies are hungry, give them food to eat. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. By doing those things, you will pile up burning coals on their heads. Don't let evil overcome you. Overcome evil by doing good. Is this natural stuff for us? Oh, absolutely not. If your enemies are hungry, give them food. Really? Yeah, really. You, you see, that's the distinction. That's why it's adoptive. That's why it doesn't come natural. That's why we have to understand that, that, that this love, this love that, that the gospel calls us to express is a love that we have to receive from outside of ourselves, not find in ourselves, receive from outside of ourselves so it can flow and we can be different than the rest of the world. Paul says in Ephesians, always be humble and gentle. Notice the word always. That's an attitude. Always be humble and gentle. Patiently put up with each other and love each other. Try your best to let God's Spirit keep your hearts united. Do this by living at peace. I love verse 3, don't you? Try your best. Try your best. You see, it's, it's, it's just not inherently in us. So, so you've got to just resolve. You've got to resolve that you're going to just try your best to have an absolute sold-out attitude of love. And you're not always going to achieve it. Right? I'm not always going to achieve it. We're not always going to agree on things. But we can agree on an attitude that resolves to love each other in spite of it. You see, that's where it comes from outside of us. That we just resolve and say, listen, I get it. I understand what God has done for me and I can't help but resolve to love in spite of our differences. Philippians says, Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned not merely for his own interests, but also each other's, the interests of others. Let this same what? Attitude. Do you see that? Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you. But where was it first? Which was in Christ Jesus. You see it? See, it's in Christ Jesus. It was there all the time. It was in Christ Jesus. And now Paul is saying, listen, resolve. Resolve to let that same adoptive attitude invade your life. Resolve to let that same mind, that same thought, that same attitude, that same purpose that was in Christ Jesus now invade into your everyday. Always. Always. See, the love that the gospel calls us to is a, is a love that invades our life in Jesus Christ and it flows through us always. It is an adoptive attitude that we seek to have every day. Galatians says, For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Okay, so that stuff doesn't count, right? The outward stuff doesn't count there. What counts? But only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through, what? Love. 
That's all that counts. That's what matters. What matters is that we resolve. What matters is that we understand what God has done for us in Christ. And we just resolve and say, that's who I'm going to be. I'm going to have that attitude. I'm going to have that passion in my life. I am going to try to take the same attitude that Jesus displayed and display that in my life. I'm just going to resolve in spite of my selfishness, in spite of my brokenness, I'm going to resolve as best I can to have an attitude of constant love. That is a huge challenge. But that challenge is required. This is a tough one. That challenge is required of us. Look at 1 John 4. It says, we love because he first loved us. Okay, so we didn't start out with that resolve attitude, right? But he started out with that resolve attitude. And when he came into the world, he showed that resolve attitude. He displayed that resolve attitude. And he loved you incredibly to the point of giving up his life. And when you get that, when you get how awesome that is, Scripture would say, you can't help but do the same thing. We love. Why? Because we get how loved we are. We understand what he did for us. 1 John 4 says, okay, what is love? It's not that we loved God. It's not about us. It is that he loved us and sent his son to give his life to pay for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we should, we should also love one another. You see it? I mean, that's how awesome it is. That's why I started today saying, listen, if you don't get anything else today, get this. Understand how resolved God is to love you. How resolved He is. He, he is so resolved that, that today, right now, in this room, in this experience of worship, you, you can take all of the shame, you can take all of the shield, guilt, you can take all of the burdens, you can take all the ugly stuff in your life, all the stuff that when you look inside says, not good. And you can leave it in this room. You, you can let Jesus Christ take it to the cross. You can leave it and walk out of here a new person with an adopted attitude of love. Because Why? God is absolutely, utterly resolved to love you. Not, not because you deserve it. Not, not because you earned it somehow. But simply because he's resolved to love you. That, that's the way it is. He, he displayed it. That, that's what it's about. And if you, if you just receive that today, if you just get, get a hint of that today, then that will move in your hearts and in your minds and in your life and bring you to the place of adoptive love. And when that happens, that is exactly what God expects. In fact, if we go into John 13, Jesus talks to his disciples and he says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. You must love one another just as I have loved you. Now, parents, let me ask you a simple question. When you tell your kids and, and you give them a command and you say, clean up your room, do you, do you expect them to clean up their room? 
I hope so, right? I mean, I understand, I would expect, you expect, right? Do you think Jesus is serious when he says to you, sold out Christ follower? Listen, I command you. He's absolutely dead serious. He proved it on the cross how serious he is. You see, he's resolved. He is resolved that not only will we understand and receive and get how incredibly loved we are, but, but we will receive that to the point that we just adopt an attitude of love, that we resolve ourselves to say, yeah, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that in my life. I'm going to express the same kind of unconditional love. I'm, I'm going to take that love into my marriage, and I'm going to say, listen, it's not about whether my husband deserves it or doesn't deserve it. It's about what God asks of me, and I am just going to love them in spite of their faults, which we all know are many, right? In spite of their failings, which we all can see. In spite of all the times they've disappointed me, which I totally remember. Nevertheless, I'm going to love them. Or or our kids. To to take that same attitude, that adoptive attitude, into our families and say, listen, that's what I'm going to do. I'm I'm resolved. I'm going to express that same kind of love that Jesus showed right there. Because he he did it and he expects me to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm resolved. Not, Not because my kid's the greatest kid in the world. Not because my kid gets straight A's. Not because my kid is somehow a star and champion. Just because... I am loved by God. And I want my child to know how incredibly loved they are. It's not about them. It's about what Jesus has done for me. And I can't help but take that into my marriage and into my family and into my workplace and into my employees' lives and into into all that experience, that always attitude of adoptive love. If you look at 1 John again, John says... Anyone who says he loves God, but in fact hates his brother or sister, is a liar. Ouch. See, if we're not carrying this, if we're not taking this out, if we're not resolved in this way, then John would say, listen, you've got to revisit whether you really understand, whether you've really received what it means to be loved by Christ. The full impact of what Jesus has done for you. You see, it just compels us. It just moves us and compels us. John 14 says, The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him. Now look at this. And will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real. To him. Did, did you catch in Michelle's testimony today? Did, did you catch in her testimony when, when God became clear to her and started tapping her on the shoulder and revealing himself to her saying, listen, go do this. Did, did you catch when that happened? Do you remember? It happened when she said, I just started in deep prayer. I just started spending time with him. I just started talking with him. What what, what do you suppose was happening there? 
You see, she was falling incredibly deeply in love with Jesus Christ. She, she had seen the hurt that was going on in other people's lives, and it moved her to just fall more deeply and incredibly in love with Jesus Christ. And what happened? The more she understood Christ, the more she understood how incredibly loved she was, the clearer Jesus manifests himself in her life. Did, did you see that? Isn't that awesome? You see, husbands and wives, you know this, right? Yeah. Do you feel more loved by your partner when you, when you spend less time with them and far away from each other or when you spare, spend more quality time focused on each other? I hope that's a no-brainer, right? I hope. But, but see what happened to her? I mean, here she, here she is. All this stuff is going on. And what does it do? It drives her to her knees to say, listen, I, I just need to spend time with Christ. I just need to spend, I need something outside of myself to come in and fill me in a new way. And Jesus makes herself, makes himself real, clear, and present in her life. That's how God works. You see, when, when we just receive that incredible love that he has for us, then it moves us to understand everything that he can do for us. And ultimately, love requires action. Romans 5, we know that God's done that. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Did, did you notice the part in there where it says, while we were what? Still sinners. See that? It's not because we deserve it. Not because we've earned it. Not because somehow we're perfect people and he ought to love us. Listen, I don't know who you are today. I don't know what your life has been, but I know this. I know who God is. I know what God's attitude is to you today. And I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care where you've been in your life. I want you to get the resolve God has for you today. And he is resolved to love you enough to make your life new and different. He is resolved to not let your life stay the same the way it was when you walked in the room today. He is resolved to make your life more than you ever dreamed. And he proved it in Jesus Christ. And if you get that, then you will resolve to love. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the grace you have shown us in Jesus. We can't measure it. We can't fully grab it. It is so immense. But we just ask this morning, just let it flow over us. Let it flow over us so that we can just receive it today. And, and because we know it, because we receive it in our mind and in our hearts and in our spirits, just recreate us so that we have that resolve in our lives too, to love just as you have loved to go beyond ourselves and to just unconditionally love. Father, bring to us that same resolve. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.